Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here 
on the Fringe FM. The Fringe.FM is the network website. If you visit it, you will see a number of ways that you can listen to the secret teachings and to the network seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. On our website, you'll find our massive and growing show archive. There's also a free archive and all of our guest spots on other radio shows, such as The Kev Baker Show, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, Good Vibrations, the podcast with Mark Devlin, and now I've done enough shows with Jeremy Scott here on the Fringe FM, Into the Parabnormal, that I've made him a little tab on our website as well. So all the shows Jeremy and I have done are also linked at thesecretteachings.info, and you can listen to those shows and download them for free. They are free to listen and free to download, www.thesecretteachings.info. For those of you who missed David Icke last night, that show is also going to be free in the archives. The show is called Consequences of Heart, and we talked a lot about the foundation for what we're going to discuss tonight on the broadcast. And a couple of things I want to talk about before we get started, we were going to have a special show prepared tonight that was going to be about some blue chickens. For those of you who know what the blue chickens are, we were going to talk about some of the con artists in the industry of radio and the new age and ufology and all this. But um, the people I was trying to get on, uh, they were unable to accompany me tonight. So I put that to the side for a moment. And I wanted to focus on and kind of expand on what we talked with David Icke about last night and then go into details that I'm going to provide you that have now worked for me that will help you, that will work for you if you are in a situation that might require this assistance. And that's what this show is all about. The show is about helping people, informing people, I guess you could say educating that could be considered offensive to some people. Who says I need educated? Well, I'm educating myself in order to present this information to you. So however you want to, to, uh, to classify it, to define it, but this is about helping people as well as entertaining people. You tune in to be entertained. I'm sure most of you tune in to learn as well. And over the years, I've received, the last year in particular, I've received countless emails from listeners that have told me what we've done on the show has helped them. And there are lots of reasons for that, but the big reason, the major reason in the last year is because of the providing of opt-out forums and legal forums through various states in the United States. And I also did this, I had a listener, we have a lot of listeners in the UK, but I had one listener ask me about the birth of a child in the hospital and how they're subjected to the same vaccines and, and blood screening processes as we have here in the United States. And is there a way out of that? And I didn't know, so I had to go look it up. And there is. There is equally and, and a relatively easy way to get out of the blood screening and the vaccines. You just don't acquiesce. You don't opt into it. Even though they've opted you into it, you have to opt yourself out by consciously not opting in. And you have to inform that, uh, inform the nurses, the doctors, etc. of that. And you want to do it before 
you go to the hospital to give birth. You want to do it months before. So I was able to help this uh, this person in the United Kingdom. We've helped lots of people in the United States. And all I've done is sit behind a microphone and I've shared information, links to state health departments where you can print out the vaccine opt-out forums, where you can print the blood disposition forums. Uh, there's a lot there. I mean, even when you have laws in place, there are ways to get around even the laws. So this isn't about bucking the system. This is about being empowered and informed consent about what's happening to you. And especially if it's, you know, your, your, your family, a child, a, a baby, what's happening to your child. Now, we're not going to discuss that in detail tonight, but I want to mention this because of all the emails I received in the last year, a, a, a large number of them, I probably had three dozen people in the last year contact me asking for information pertaining to opt-outs for various procedures at the hospital when either their child was born or a friend of theirs was having a child or a family member. And uh, in, in, in most cases I heard back from, everything worked out great because of the forms. Now, these are forms that I'm, I'm not generating them myself, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making them up. These are forms that you can get through the, the state health department, whatever state you might have. Some states it's really easy. Some states it's more difficult. Some states they tell you that there is no way out of it. But if you dig far enough, you dig deep enough, you can find that, oh, there is a way out of it. They were just trying to scare me. They were just trying to intimidate me. And that's what a lot of this is really about. It's about intimidation. It's about implication. And it's about fear. It's, it's kind of like that. Um, I always reference It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. There's a really great, there's a really great episode where they go, that these guys in the and uh, this group of people they go buy a boat, and uh, the two two of the main characters Dennis and Mac, they're standing standing in the boat shop, and Dennis is kind of like a sleazy uh, sociopathic scumbag, and he's talking about how he's going to take women out on the boat, and he's going to he's going to kind of force them to have sex with him, but it's not forced because you know it's just implied because they're out on the ocean they can't go anywhere so. It's kind of, you know, the implication. The other guy doesn't get it. He's like, what do you mean the implication? It sounds like you're going to hurt these girls. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to hurt them. Why would I hurt these girls? I'm just, it's, it's implied that they need to have sex with me or something bad might happen to them. Nothing's going to happen to them, of course. If they say no, it's no, but they're not going to say no. That's kind of what we're facing now with everything from mask wearing to social distancing. It's like the average person just does it because they feel it makes them safer. It makes other people, it makes their community safer. And the implication is if you don't do it, then you're not safe, your community's not safe, your family's not safe. And so the implication and the suggestive nature of this, coupled with the fear, and in some cases just people that are terrorized and traumatized and and will remain so, I imagine, long after we if it ever happens, forget what COVID-19 is. And if you pay close enough attention, and you don't have to pay that close of attention, but you, you pay some, you put a little bit of energy and effort into to, to, to kind of getting an idea, reading a little bit about what's going on in the world, and you find that the same words keep popping up, and, and, they're, and, and they're, they're suggestive, they're leading, they're, they're implicating, and they're all based on the what-ifs and the potentialities of something that is not 
not, not the case. It's not real. It's not true. So psychologically speaking, you see words that are used in news articles. You see them used on the news. You hear people in your community may be using these words. Words like may, words like could, words like possible. Well, anything may do anything, and anything could do anything, and anything could be possible. These words are not proof of anything, but they are suggestive, they are leading, they are implicating. They imply something that's not accurate. For example, the USA Today published an article just a day or so ago, and this article was about how the coronavirus, according to the Centers for Disease Control, they say it no longer spreads by the touching of surfaces or objects. Now, for a long time, for months when this all began, that's what we thought. We had to sanitize. It was like 1950s communist China. We had to go on a nationwide sanitary campaign. We had to clean everything. We had to clean keyboards. We had to clean desks. We had to clean toilets. We had to clean stoves. We had to clean our hands. Basic things that should be kept clean anyway, but, you know, who's paying attention? But things we should keep clean anyway. They said it's spread on objects. Now they're saying it doesn't spread easily. Quote, does not spread easily. It does not spread easily by touching surfaces or objects. The CDC says, though, it still, quote, may be possible. Well, of course, anything may be possible. Anything could be possible. Anything could happen. Anything may happen. We're not exactly sure. It could happen. It may happen. It might happen. It may, could, possibly, who knows? It, you know, anything is possible. So the Centers for Disease Control says it may be possible. And then there's another article from the USA Today. This one was from a month or so ago. It says coronavirus might spread much further than six feet in the air. CDC says wear a mask in public. Now, it's not a law. It's just they say wear a mask in public. It's a recommendation, and you don't have to do it. And for those of you thinking, well, there are executive orders, we'll get to that. So the USA Today publishes this. This is back in April of 2020, April 5th, 2020, this year. And it says, air contaminated with COVID-19 virus might travel, there's that word, might travel, four times farther than the six feet the CDC asks we distance ourselves according to a recent study. Now, this study was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, and it found the following. Under the, listen to the wording, right conditions, liquid droplets from sneezes, coughs, and just exha uh, exhaling can travel more than 26 feet and linger in the air for minutes. That's what the study found from the Journal of the American Medical Association. Now, pop quiz, anywhere in that conclusion, did you hear the word coronavirus, virus, contagion, infectious agent, anything of that nature? No, you didn't. All you heard was that under the right conditions, meaning non-environmental, non-natural, artificial, synthetic laboratory conditions that are concocted to create the outcome that is desired, under those conditions, those are the quote-unquote right conditions, liquid droplets from sneezes, coughs, or just simply <sighs> can, not do, travel more than 26 feet and linger in the air for minutes. And if you read the article, remembering that this is just a synthetic environment where 
sneezing and coughing and exhaling, particles can travel up to 26 feet or more. But if you read the actual report, the study is what it says. Quote, the rapid international spread of COVID-19 suggests, suggests that using arbitrary droplet size cutoffs may not accurately reflect what actually occurs with respiratory emissions. End quote. They talk about the droplets being very, very small. And they tell you in the article that they were not isolating the virus in the droplets. They're simply speculating. They're speculating. The study did not look at uh, gas clouds of patients infected with SARS-CoV-2 virus, but it hypothesized. So if we read the article headline, coronavirus might spread much further than six feet in the air. CDC says wear a mask. And they tell you, under the right conditions, liquid droplets from sneezes, coughs, and exhaling can travel more than 26 feet. But then you have to read the whole article to get to the bottom where they tell you, however, the study did not look at gas clouds of patients infected with SARS-CoV-2. or SARS-CoV-2. It just hypothesized, and it's speculated. That is not science. That's a part of the scientific process. But it's one, not science. And as an extension of it not being science, it is not and cannot and should not and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, be used to form policy, laws, rules, even for that matter, as far as I'm concerned, recommendations. It, it's just information that's based on speculation. It may, it could, it po- possibly so. We're not exactly sure, but it could do all these things. I mean, I just read an article yesterday. Virus transmits through toilet seats. Literally, I think that was the USA Today as well. And another one, the other day, uh, uh, Clyde Lewis mentioned it on one of his live streams. I, I sent him this article. Uh, he was talking about how vir- the virus can spread through farts. It, it, that, that's, that's one of the studies, apparently. It can spread through farts. It's just a joke. I mean, at this point, it's, it's, not, it's, not, even a, it's not even a joke. It's just... It's kind of embarrassing. Like, I live in this world. I'd be embarrassed if aliens came here. You know what I mean? It's just, this is, this is just bad. And it's really obvious. So the USA Today says that the virus doesn't spread easily by touching surfaces or objects, but it still may be possible. Well, of course, anything's possible, right? Everything's possible. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Everything's possible until we discover that it is or isn't the case, that it is or isn't alive. And this study that found that gas clouds can travel 26 feet or more, well, it wasn't based on any kind of virus. It was just like, hey, if I sneeze, a chew. If I cough, (coughs) if I exhale, (sighs) then those particles could go up to 26 feet under the right synthetic environmental laboratory conditions. And if that is the case, they can go that far, but we can't actually document anything being transmitted through them. So this study is irrelevant. In fact, someone sent this to me, and they said, see here, th- this disproves what you say about about uh, vi- the viral transmission of the virus through you know droplets and coughing and sneezing and things like that. And I, and I read it, and I was like, no, it actually disproves what you're saying because this didn't prove anything. It's just it's speculative. It's, hey, this might happen. Hey, this could happen. Hey, this is possible. We get that. We get it. Anything's possible. But, but but we're not going to uh, create laws and policies and terrify people based on what may be 
what could be, you know? If you're a young lady listening right now, you may be pregnant. Who knows? You could be pregnant. Is it possible? If you're a young man listening right now, an old man, an old woman, you may have a heart attack in the next year. It's possible. It could happen. This is to induce fear. But these words are also used because they're non-threatening. Just like a lot of the governatorial executive orders and recommendations that are enforced through coercive persuasion that if you don't do it, well, everybody's going to look at you as a threat. You're threatening their health, their family's health, the family's dog. You know, the, the, the dog could get sick too. You're a threat to other people. You're endangering other people, so you need to put the mask on. You need to social distance. But they don't make it a law, and they don't say you have to do this. They just say we recommend you do this because it's non-threatening if they just kind of suggest it to you. They said, I mean, this is basically, this is how advertising works. You're not really hungry, but it's just kind of suggested to you. It's implied to you, you know, wouldn't a nice double cheeseburger with bacon, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be really good right now? And, and, and you could also add a nice Coca-Cola onto that. They got the picture, the video, you know, cool droplets running down the side of the glass, steam coming off that beef patty and you're like man i'm not really hungry but i i guess i i guess i could have that double cheeseburger with bacon and a coke and you don't even necessarily think that consciously that's just subconscious it might do nothing to you at all but you're driving out taking a walk out later and you drive past a a restaurant and you're like you know for some reason i'm craving a double cheeseburger with bacon and a soda that's how marketing works that's how advertising works that's the same type of psychological manipulation non-threatening. We really recommend that you do this. Well, okay, I don't want to do it. Yeah, but we really strongly recommend that you do it. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not going is it a law? No, but we recommend that okay, I, I don't I don't give a shit. If you rec- even if it is a law, I'm not going to do it. Bottom line. Okay? So, leave me alone. See that that's what a lot of people have 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 uh, resorted to. And of course, you've seen probably videos and you've probably seen Articles online where you've got the social justice warriors. Like I read this one from Costco. This is all over the internet, and it's and it's like uh, it's pulling all the social media posts of 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 what happened as a result of this interaction with a customer who didn't have a mask on in a Costco, and then they make the hero, the employee who said, "Sir, if you don't have a mask, you must leave now." You know, like he's master of the universe or something. Get out now! You do not have a mask on. Get out. You know, they, they paint this guy as like a hero. It's just some loser behind the counter who doesn't know how to question what he's been told. And so he starts telling customer, a customer who, who I mean, who knows what the guy was going to buy? Who knows how many times he's been into a Costco? He could be a loyal customer. And then they just lost a customer because the employee was an asshole, but they paint him as a hero because he did what was right. And then, and then it's all over the news. And anybody who doesn't wear a mask, we slowly persuade them to participate or isolate themselves further from others, further from society, further from their friends and family, further, really, from the, uh, the culture, the, the, the society that they live in, that they are a part of. And it's very disconnecting. So it's not mandatory, 
but we really recommend you do it because you may get sick. You could get sick. Hey, it's possible for these things to happen. So tonight I want to share with you a story, just like with the vitamin K shots that babies get at the hospital, just like with the blood screening for babies over the year, last year, year and a half, I've provided information on how to get out of those things based on my own experience. I've printed out papers, I've emailed PDFs, I've sent all this information to anyone listening anywhere who can use it. And I know that it's helped a lot of people. Tonight, I've gone through a similar thing now. I'm out of the legalities of it. I had to get a lawyer involved because I was forced to wear a mask at work despite a health condition and despite other conscious concerns of the health effects of masks. I had to get a constitutional law group involved just to prevent the, the, the employer from forcing me to do something that was, well, it was one, illegal, two, unjustified, and three, just really rotten and sleazy. But I got out of it. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I got out of it tonight. It's not so much the importance of, of the story I'm going to tell you, but the solution to the story. Really simple. Really, really simple. It just took a lot of pain to get through it, a lot of frustration to get through it. But hopefully what I tell you tonight and what I provide you tonight will give you the ammunition to have the same fight and to get out of it. And now I don't have to wear a mask, despite living in one of the most oppressive authoritarian states in the United States. I'm out. Hopefully I can help you get out if that's one of the things that you need help with. If you don't need help with that, you're already pretty comfortable with the situation with the mask. It's the same principle that applies to everything that we classify as tyranny. Death always to tyrants. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We'll be back. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, Check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings and shoot us an email at rdgable 
at yahoo.com. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. Hey there, this is Greg Carlwood of the Higher Side Chats, helping people navigate the rough waters of the vast conspiracy at thehiresidechats.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be here. 
I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. You can find us five nights a week right here on The Fringe. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Last year when my son was born in uh, March, March 30th, I had to go through a number of hoops. I had to jump through hoops over candlesticks, all kinds of stuff, just to get my son, who was not even born yet, opted out of things that he had been opted into, apparently since conception. And I had to jump through these hoops and perform tricks, even knowing where to go to opt out of things that he was opted into before he was born. It was still very difficult, but I was able to navigate it in a way where we were able to get out of the vaccinations and we were able with with justifiable reason i mean i even had i even had legal forums from the american pediatric association which say that as a parent you have a legal right to refuse and uh, this i had i had a note from uh, from a pediatrician as well or a family doctor i don't think it's technically a pediatrician but a family doctor and uh certified family doctor didn't matter they still tried to coerce me into getting my son vaccinated and then beyond that the doctors the nurses they were very they were very persuasive in trying to collect my child's blood we want to do a blood screening we want to make sure your son's fine well it looks okay to me he was born he's extremely healthy his mom's very healthy i'm very healthy if he has any underlying health conditions we'll check it out later I don't, it doesn't matter. I don't have to give you a reason why anyway. He's my son. He's not yours. He's not the state's. He's not the hospital's. He's my son, not yours. So you had to be very persuasive back with them. And that's what you find with pretty much any authority figure who's on a power trip. That's what you find with any so-called law, rule, policy, things that are perceived as obligatory, but they're really not. That's why we see a lot of news and a lot of commentary today, especially about mask wearing and social distancing, where everything is like, well, if you don't do it, it may make other people sick. If you don't do it, it could endanger other people. You know, it could do this. It could do that. It may do this. It may do that. I have an article here from the USA Today I read in the last segment, and it says from the USA Today back in April that the coronavirus might spread much farther than six feet. Okay, it might spread. And then you read the article, and they're like, well, we didn't even isolate the virus in the droplets through a sneeze or through a cough or through exhaling. We just, in a very controlled environment, we had coughing, we had sneezing, we had exhaling, and droplets could travel up to 26 feet. So since they could, we just speculate that, yeah, the virus probably can too, but they've never demonstrated it. And it even says that in the USA Today. We, we didn't prove it. We just, yeah, droplets can travel that far. I mean, the, 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 the correlation fallacy here is one thing. The suggestive nature, the misleading qualities of this type of news, this isn't even news. This is just propaganda. It's psychological, but it's done this way because it's non-threatening and people are more likely to acquiesce to it. And it's done in a way where other people are made to feel less safe when you don't conform to what makes them feel perceptually comfortable. 
But that comfort is created artificially by the idea that if you don't have a mask, you're getting other people sick. So I know that most of you listening understand this concept, and I'm sure that like our conversation last night with David Icke, David Icke said he's not wearing a mask. Our friend Jack said he's not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask. And everything's okay. And once one person, two people, three people, four people, etc., show that it's okay, the world doesn't end. And you don't acquiesce to these draconian measures. My good friend Mike D., he called me. He said he went to a park in Florida. Florida's kind of opening back up, but he goes to a park in Florida. They had it yellow taped off, the whole park, around the entrance of the park, all yellow taped like a crime had been committed, like someone was beheaded. You know, they found a body there or something. But no, they just had it taped off with crime scene tape because people had been going to the park during lockdown. How dare them get outside in the sun? How dare them go to a park? How dare them take their dogs on a walk or a run? How dare them take their children to the park? So you know what Mike D. did? Good friend, he co-hosts here on The Secret Teachings, for those of you who don't know who Mike is. Mike said, he's like, I just went up there, I, I cut the tape. <laughs> I cut the tape, I went in and I took my dog, his dog's name is Loki. He's like, I just took my dog for a walk in the park. He just cut the tape. Mike did get in trouble. I mean, remember the guy, there's a guy in Tampa, Florida, where I'm from, and uh, Tom Brady just moved to Tampa because he's going to play for the, well, if they ever open football season up again, he's going to play for the Buccaneers. And uh, Tom Brady's out there in one of the parks in Tampa, and some guy, you know, with a really, really tiny penis comes over, and he's like, hey, hey, you, Tom Brady, you can't be here at the park. You got to go home. No, this is lockdown, Tom Brady. There's no exception for a Super Bowl champion. I mean, that it was like in the article, like this guy's just, you got to go home, Tom Brady. <laughs> it's, these, these people that are just, they're psychotic, or they're on power trips, you know, they're really otherwise weak and insignificant, but this empowers them. I mean, that's what authoritarianism does. It empowers the weak. It empowers the losers in our society. It incentivizes doing nothing but following what the authorities tell you to do. And it de-incentivizes doing what's right, and it de-incentivizes producing and creating. And therefore, like 1984, the primary reason for war is the destruction of human production. It's, in essence, Marxism. And with wearing a mask, they're estimating carbon dioxide levels have decreased substantially because people are breathing their carbon dioxide back into their bodies. It's a mainline news article. Just type it in. Carbon dioxide levels drop because we're wearing masks. How do you measure that? And how do you quantify that? What, in four, four months? Okay, well, if that's the case, that defeats the whole carbon dioxide argument then. Because in four months, if a few people wearing masks reduces the carbon level that much, we know two things. We know all the people that are wearing the masks, they're the ones producing all the carbon. So those individuals wearing the masks should be taxed because that's where all the carbon's coming from. And two, we know that if it's just the breathing that's the problem, we, we can still drive cars. We, we we can still use certain types of of industry. Not that I'm a supporter of it per se, but if it's like all these things are contributing to carbon dioxide, but then we go put on a mask and suddenly, oh, the level's dropped all the way. It, it, everything's great now. That's some of that Green New Deal bullshit is what that is. More of that Marxism stuff, just like a universal basic income. 
You know, I don't trust Donald Trump at all. But you know why people are upset at Donald Trump this week, other than the hydroxychloroquine? They're upset because he told states, if people refuse to go back to work when there's a job available, they don't get any state benefits. Oh, you're a tyrant, an authoritarian. No, you're a loser who doesn't want to do anything. You're a loser who wants to get in the face of people like Tom Brady and tell them, Tom, you can't work out here because I have a small penis and I'm inadequate and I'm insecure and I'm weak and I want to tell you what to do. That's what these, these thugs, the Mao brigades, that's what they're all about. Weak, unintellectual, unconscious, unaware losers. Like, did you see the story about the guy? I forget what his sweater said, but he had like a yellow sweater on. This guy's just a complete asshole. And they take a picture of this guy, you know, with like, it almost looked like he had his hands on his hip, like he's posing like Superman or something. And it's like, what? I don't forget what the guy's name was, but it was like Bob. You know, Bob saw someone breaking the rules and Bob reported them. Be like Bob. So you read the article like, what did Bob do? Was someone getting murdered and Bob intervened? It's like, no, Bob saw someone not social distancing. Bob sprung into action. Bob immediately dialed 911. 911, what's your emergency? I see two people not social distancing. Where are they located, sir? They're at the park getting sun. We have two units dispatched on the way, sir. And Bob's suddenly a hero like that asshole at Costco. I told the customer, get out of the store. I told the customer, get out of the leave now. No mask. You're banned. Like, these people are heroes. These people are weak. These people are unintellectual, unconscious losers. That doesn't make me a hero. It doesn't make me intellectual or conscious. But at least I'm conscious enough to know that those people are not heroes. And here's another thing. I don't care if you're on the front lines in a war, this is my opinion, in a war, however you perceive that war, I don't consider doing things that are harmful to others with the perception that it's beneficial as being an act of heroism. I took a walk today, and I saw, I counted at least, at least three signs in the yards of different people in the neighborhoods around where I live, and these signs all had the word hero on them. One of them didn't even explain, okay, so let me put it this way. Two of them had had this on them. One said, a hero lives here, and it had, like, pictures of nurses. So clearly some nurse or, or some person that works at the hospital, you know, if you work at a hospital, you're probably considered a hero, you know. So they put that in their front lawn, and I saw it walking by, and I immediately went up to the door, knocked on the door, and I thanked them for their service. No, I didn't do that. But I'm, I'm looking at the sign, I'm thinking, a hero lives here. You're a hero for going to work and doing your job? You know, it's not, you weren't drafted to the front line. You know, you, you didn't do something heroic, you showed up for work. Jesus Christ, I go to a store every day and interact with people, a lot of old people, the clientele, who are sick. Am I not a hero? And if I was a hero, I'm not going to put a, a, a sign in the yard. I mean, just the level of conceit. A hero lives here. <laughs> Think about it. A hero lives here. What did you do that was heroic? I mean, Jesus Christ, people don't even really use those yellow bumper sticker things anymore, do they? 
I mean, I've never, I've never really even seen like, I've seen signs that say like, thank you for your service. I mean, maybe choose a different wording, like thank you for your service in the medical field. But you know that the person that did that, they're virtue signaling. They're just putting the sign in their own yard. So then I saw a second sign. It was very similar to that. It was something about, um, it was, it wasn't about the pandemic. It was about like autism and it was like, uh, you know, a, a, a hero who works in the autism field lives here. Why do I care? Why does anybody care? And then the third sign I saw wasn't even like a hero. You know, they were in the war. It was just like hero. <laughs> I don't know if they have if they're selling sandwiches, you know, or what the hell is going on. But this is just this is ludicrous. So what I want to do tonight is I want to provide you with the info. I want to tell you a little bit of the story that I went through, and then I want to provide you with information from my experience on how to get out of wearing the mask legally if you're choosing to do that. And if you're not choosing to do that or if that's uninteresting to you, the story still suffices to explain how we can still exercise constitutional rights, legal rights, and human rights in the United States of America and in any other country where you have some perceptual version of freedom available. And, uh, you can actually do it, and in my case, it didn't cost any money. It just took a little bit of elbow grease. I want to share that with you tonight, that story, and then I'm also putting together a folder with all the files, and I want to try to have a PDF of that available. So if you have concerns or if you have questions, you can email me or, I mean, you can email me anyway, but email me or just ask for the forums and I can send you the papers. I mean, these are news articles. These are, there's a lot of different stuff. There's stuff from the CDC, stuff from uh, Nature Magazine, lots of different stuff. All this is like, th- th- this is the data. So if you want it, it'll be here. Otherwise, you can find a lot of these links on the website at thesecretteachings.info, www.thesecretteachings.info. F-O-R-D Gable at yahoo.com. And uh, I have just a little bit of, of a surprise here. I've got Jack, who was on with the show last night with us with David Icke. Jack is with us now from the Messenger of Information, messengerof.info. Jack, what's going on? Well, after listening to some of the information you reported in the first segment, Ryan, which, by the way, you are my hero. Thank you. I'll put that. I, s- I just put the I sign just, in my yard. Yes, I'm my own hero. Uh, I, I just have decided I'm going to try to do my best to spread the virus, and I'm going to do that by approaching people wearing masks and asking them to pull my finger. Right. Yes, because it does spread through flatulence. Did you read yes. that? I know. Well, I think you had mentioned it to me, and then of course you mentioned it in the first segment. So I got a chuckle out of that, and I I would like to actually say that I do have signs in my yard as well. Actually, I have two signs in my front window, which is very visible uh, from the street and from the sidewalk. One says, "Is the pandemic fake?" The other says, we're being lied to. And then I have another sign out back. Uh, my place butts up next to a golf course, so quite a bit of traffic back there. 
and that sign says fake crisis. Now, how so, many how many windows how many windows have been broken? I, actually, I had one earlier that, uh, that uh, said something about David Icke's website, and someone stole that. So, oh, that's right. They're, they're really going <laughs> stole your to the extreme to silence David Icke. When you're stealing yard signs. Yeah, when you're stealing yard signs, that's that's insane. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen any of those hero signs? No, but I've seen that well, I know in, in Britain they're doing the clap for clap for the the nurses yeah, and that's, doctors every every day. That's like the opposite. Right, yeah. It's like right, the, right out of nineteen eighty four, right out of the book. It's instead of the, the two minutes of hate, it's the two minutes of applause is what it is. You got, yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting a lot of feedback on your line. It sounds like uh you're in a shower or something. You're not in the shower, are you? No, I rarely bathe because yeah. I feel that uh, well, it I'm spreads the virus. To... It yeah. spreads the virus. You know, clean, cleaning yourself spreads the. You got to keep you know the the your distance from clean water, dirty water, pretty much from everything. Just put yourself in a bubble. But then I've also. Yes, I, I want to be a bubble person, just like David talked about in the interview. I'm I'm pretty sure bubble. I actually was reading that too. Bubbles transmit the virus, so you know you just you <laughs> you're not safe anywhere. But but I but I guess if you went to one of these heroes' houses, they would be able to protect you. The heroes are there to save the day. Is there any yes, way? Yes, I I think what I would have done if I were you, uh, you you joked about ringing their doorbell. I probably would have gone up, rung the doorbell, and when the nurse answered the door, I would have said, "Could you please take my temperature and use a rectal thermometer?" Yeah, and, and drop my drawers. Well, she she is a hero. And, she'd and so be, she, she would have gladly, as a hero, would have, you know, pr- knowing that it was probably an urgent situation, she probably would have accommodated yeah. me. The the level of conceit you have to have to put that sign in your yard is just, I can't fathom it. Uh, you, you have to be so arrogant, but you also have to be very passive because only passive people that want to virtue signal to others how much they care and how much they care about themselves would do something like that. I mean, what a what a joke that is. It's just it's well, this. I I couldn't imagine putting that in my front yard. I'd feel like an I, asshole. I'd, I'd probably go the opposite route. I would say that the person that put that in their yard is probably has absolutely no self esteem. Yeah, and you know who the real hero is? The real hero uh, it probably lives in one of the houses that I walk past today on one of my big walks, and they didn't have a sign in their yard, but they probably do work at the hospital. Yeah, the, the person that puts that in their yard is the person who works like one day a week and they sit at a desk at reception and they don't do anything. That's the hero. I don't know. See, I don't care what you put in your front yard. I'm just saying that it's to me, you don't need. Why do we need to broadcast it to other people? That's just the, the, the psychological nature of what's of what's going on here. Anyway, Jack, well, do, do you have a way that you can maybe adjust that audio? Uh I really don't. I, I'm not sure what. I, of course, we know we were tampered with uh, yesterday, technically, uh, tech, with technological uh, issues. So I really don't have. I mean, I'm hooked up the same way I always am. I'm not yeah. really sure what that, I could possibly do. That's very strange. Let me disconnect and reconnect. And if not, we'll have to cut you loose because it's really bad. Let me disconnect okay. and I'll reconnect with you. Hold on. Let's see if we get Jack reconnected. I don't I, I, I know. Tonight's show wasn't about signs, but <laughs> I don't know if the sign thing is bothering me. It's kind of like with um, uh, survivors of the Holocaust. Everybody's a survivor. You could have been on holiday and you were a survivor. Jack, are you there? 
Heroes Hotline. May I help you? Are, are you a hero? No, no I'm no. a loser. Okay, well, that... that, that if I'm you, proud of it. Proud of it, though. It, it, it's still very staticky, so... Okay. I'm going to be unable to use it, but we're, we're coming up on break. Do you have anything else that you want to add before break while you're on the line no, with us? Not, not other than I, I like the, uh, the bumper music uh, exiting the first segment, the, the uh, spaghetti western yeah. bumper music, kind of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I, I did just want to comment on that. Yeah, I feel like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, I, I certainly will. Only other thing I will say is that uh, I uh, live vicariously through you sometimes because I have a drama-free life. And, of course, you've been keeping me up to speed step-by-step uh, 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 step on what transpired at work with the mask-wearing scenario. So I'm sure you're going to go into detail of what transpired there. And seriously, I do look at you as being a hero for the effort that you made, not only to stand up for your own rights, but in effect standing up for others people, other people's rights. And I'm so happy that they appreciated what you did because they weren't willing to do it themselves. But at the end of the day, it all worked out well and they supported you. So I tip my cap to you, my friend, on that. I tip my cap back to you. I appreciate the, recogni uh, the recognizing of that. And I want to tell that story in the next segment. You're right. At the end of the day, everything worked out well, but it was a hassle to go through. Yet, with everything working out the way that it did, it gives me the ammunition to then give you, as a listener, to help you in whatever situation you might be dealing with. And then we just continue to empower each other, Jack. And when we do that, right. yeah, yeah, I think we are the real heroes, but I'm not going to broadcast it. You know. Well, I, I do, as I've told you, I think it's really important that you get this information out. That story is so important because I'm, there's millions of other people that do not want to wear masks. That they, they don't have the wherewithal to, to stand up for themselves, to do a little research, to do a little homework, um, and be persistent enough like you were. So... I hope that if people hear about your story, they're inspired to do the same. But the bottom line is what these companies are asking the employees to do is unconstitutional. So as long as people know that, if they contact the same uh, a, a law firm that you did and get the paperwork, that in, it was pretty simple to do. And that in and of itself should help them so that they don't have to wear the mask and are hopefully the company will change its policy so no one at that uh, business has to wear masks. Precisely, and that's what I want to get into in the second hour tonight. Jack, thanks for calling in a little bit. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye. And Jack's exactly right. Yeah, hopefully this does help a lot of you listening. If it doesn't, maybe it'll help someone that you know. I'm going to provide the documentation. I'm going to provide the information, and it'll be, as my good friend Kev Baker says, I provide, you decide. You can decide what to do with it. If it's necessary, unnecessary, if you need it, if you don't need it. I'm going to tell you the story when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. The website www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com rdgable at yahoo.com There's more after this. And don't forget, all three of our shows from this week, Greg Carlwood from The Higher Side Chats, M. Don Shorn 
author of the Journals of the Ancient Ones and David Icke, all three in the archive now to download and stream. Stay with us more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info thesecretteachings.info or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com This is Dave Cruz host of Beyond the Strange and you're listening to The Fringe FM If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food. With free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm. Call the station at 501-777-5631. Or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, 
The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all co coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up, the last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant, seductive screens we so lovingly, endlessly gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM, five nights a week, Monday through Friday. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. You can find our archive and my books there on the website, TheSecretTeachings.info. Contact us at rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. I'll try to respond back to your message in a timely manner. Social media, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I was hoping Jack could stay with us, but that audio quality is is not the best. And I want to have a, a very clean show, especially for this hour, because of the subject matter I'd like to share with you, a personal story that is empowering to hear and empowering for you. And I can hopefully put this information and the documents of this information into your hands so that you, likewise, are in possession of what you need to exercise your God-given rights. Now, that doesn't mean God in an anthropomorphic sense. God-given in the sense that whatever God is or isn't, whatever you perceive God to be or not to be, it's a human right. Now, people say, well, the masks that we're being asked and coerced into wearing, that's unconstitutional. And maybe you could make that argument, but that's not the argument I'm going to make. I want to tell you the story, and I want to tell you how to get out of it, how to get out of the problem. The problem is, of course, all these recommendations, all the things that may be good, that could prevent X, Y, Z. I mean, there was a study conducted back in April, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, finding that the coronavirus might spread six feet or more in the air. But if you read the article, even though the CDC says you should wear a mask, they tell you they never isolated the virus. They just simply monitored coughing, sneezing, 
and exhaling in the, quote, right conditions, artificial synthetic laboratory conditions. And they found that it could go 26 feet. But nothing about a virus. <laughs> There's no isolation of the virus. There's no detection of a virus. They just, they're just droplets. But it leads you, it implies to you that this is dangerous because it could happen. It might happen. Just a day or two ago, coronavirus, according to the USA Today, does not spread easily by touching surfaces or objects, but it still may be possible. Well, a lot of things are possible. A lot of things may. A lot of things could. A lot of things might. But a lot of things probably won't. So as most of you know, outside of radio, and I put in a lot of effort to this show five nights a week, it's a lot of work. In some ways, it's gotten easier over the years because I, I, I can just sit down and I just start talking and I can create and formulate, format a show. That's a talent that I've had to acquire over many, many years because I, 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 was, I was not a radio personality. I barely even had a voice that you, you wouldn't even want to hear me call into radio 10 years ago. It was, just, it was embarrassing. It was bad. So I've developed this. This is my skill set. It doesn't make me better than anybody. This is my skill set. A lot of you do things that I don't have any clue how to do, you know? So we all play our own part. This is the part I'm playing. And I want to give you some information so that you can exercise your power as an individual. So other than radio, even though I love doing radio, you don't make a lot of money in radio. You make very little money. I make money from subscriptions, maybe, maybe $150 a month. I mean, I'm, I'm serious. I like $150, $200 a month from subscriptions. Books, on the other hand, make a little bit more. So with books and subscriptions, I make like 500 less than 500 500 somewhere around there. Some, some months I've made 700 but that's the max, roughly. I don't, really, I don't make any money, so I have to have a part-time job to be able to pay for, for my lifestyle, which is very minimal. It's just living expenses are outrageous, even though I live within a very, you know, very strict budgetary means and needs as well. Don't need that much. So I have a part-time job. It's a part-time job that I, I, I actually like. Uh, not just like, I love it. And most of the people I work with, I enjoy everyone that, you know, I communicate with con- constantly. I enjoy conversations, some more than others. Some people I get along with better than others. That's just, you know, obviously normal interaction with human beings. Some people you click with better. So I enjoy my job, and for weeks after this whole COVID-19 pandemic declaration began, I was talking to people and telling them kind of like, told you so, because back in January, before the store I work at and before the state I live in, ever did anything officially implementing policies, executive orders, restrictions, etc. I, I, I was telling people that something bad is happening, something bad is coming. Not because I'm smart. It's not because I'm supernatural. It's just because like, I paid attention to what was happening in the news, and you could see the cycles and the patterns, and this is what was coming. And so here it is. It's here. And in a lot of places, hopefully, you know, what is here is slowly, slowly melting away. Uh, A lot of states are beginning the reopening phases, but obviously there are going to be some quote-unquote new normals, and obviously that new normal is going to entail an entirely different kind of social interaction because people have just been traumatized. 
That's really what we can call it. People have been traumatized by what has happened. And what continues to happen and what will happen later on this year and next year, especially if another quote-unquote wave or a rebound of a virus comes, if it comes back again, you know. So I was asked at my job to wear a mask. And I said uh, initially, like I, I took the mask that they gave me, I popped it on once or twice, and it was really hard to breathe in it. And I just slung it around my neck, and I didn't, I didn't wear it again. When I was given, a, I was given an opportunity one day to talk to one of my managers who happened to be in the room that I work in, and uh, they were they were very kind. And they just asked me the, the, the situation with the mask and what I thought about it and how to address people who um, maybe were upset others weren't wearing a mask. Now, I'm smart, all right, enough to know that this person was talking about me, asking me, what do you think about people complaining about you without telling me directly people are complaining you're not wearing a mask? So I said, well, I would sit everyone down and I would have a conversation with them. Now, of course, we can't do that because setting everybody down would mean, you know, more than five or six or seven or eight or nine, ten people in a room at a time. We could all get sick. Well, we work together, and nobody's sick, you know, except the people that, that want to take days off because they're lazy. Uh, and once in a while, someone is, is sick, but it's very rare. So couldn't sit down and show, show the information to everybody. So I said, you know, I'll take the information. I have medical journals, science journals. I have... The Surgeon General, I have, I mean, I have all these resources. I'll take this around and I'll show everybody in the store individually what the dangers are of wearing a mask consistently, what they are, and also what the, uh, what the chances are of them getting sick if they don't have a mask or getting others sick for that matter, and essentially that the mask is worthless, it's useless. And I went through all of the, all of the data, British Medical Journal, Big study out of the British Medical Journal and others, all about the virus, all about the the mask wearing. Uh, this one particular medical journal, the British Medical Journal, COVID-19, what is the evidence for cloth masks? And they talk about in this article that the evidence is not sufficiently strong to support widespread use of face masks as a protective measure against COVID-19. To be fair, though, they say there is enough evidence to support that the use of face masks for short periods of time by particularly vulnerable individuals when in transient, uh, when in transient higher-risk situations. So if you're vulnerable and you're in a higher-risk situation, then maybe wear a mask. It might protect you. But the study on masks, one of the only ones ever conducted, does not say anything about protecting other people from you. So you're not the guilty party. It's just like the, the, the human is not the reason. You know, our existence is not the reason that there are climatic changes of, of the environment. Carbon dioxide, the oxygen of plants, is not the reason that climate changes. The sun and the moon control climate. N not, not carbon dioxide. Carbon dioxide greens the planet. Carbon dioxide prevents drought because plants retain more water when they have more carbon dioxide. I mean, this is all just basic science. So that's the British Medical Journal. And so I was asked to wear a mask after this, you know, uh, several times. 
So I'm asked to wear a mask. I don't really wear it. It's supposed to just make people feel comfortable. I'm asked, how, how do we deal with people that are, that are not wearing a mask, i.e. you? I say, let's just you know show them the information. I have trouble breathing in the mask. I don't want to wear it. I was told it helps other people feel comfortable. And I say, well, it's not my job to make them feel comfortable, one. Yeah, but they're your coworkers. I get that. But if you want to play that card and you don't, if you don't want to look at science and you don't want to look at medicine and you don't want to look at what the Surgeon General said and you don't want to look, you don't want to look at basically my underlying health problem of just ha- sometimes having trouble breathing, then we'll just make it about opinion. And if it's about opinion, then I'm uncomfortable that they're wearing a mask. So they should take a mask off. Well, they don't want to. They feel safe. Okay, well, I feel unsafe with it. That's what you want to argue. So that's how the conversation over the last week and a half to two weeks got started. It was an argument of opinion, but I wanted to prove that I didn't need to wear a mask legally, especially because I had a health issue, and I tried to present all the data. I presented all this information. I I presented it on the principle of science, the principle of health problems, and the principle of principle. I'm not going to do it, right? And so I talked to the managers, and uh, my arguments were ignored over the opinions of other people, despite me making a case that my opinion is, is as valid as theirs, but apparently they're the group collective, so the group collective gets to dictate what the individual does. One of the solutions to this problem at my job was I was told, well, you could wear the mask part-time, you could wear it in certain situations, but when you're in the back room, as long as someone is okay with it, you do not have to wear it unless, you know, you go get a medical note from a doctor and then we can work around all these restrictions. So I went and I got a, first time I've been to the doctor in 10, 11, 12, I, I don't know how many years, it was, it's been a long time over a decade or so since I've been to a doctor. I went to the same doctor that my, my, my son had seen when, after he was born. He's been there a couple of times, but he's healthy, so he doesn't have to go there you know, once every three days. So we go to this doctor. Um, I go to the doctor, and uh, I, did a, I did a basic physical screening. Uh, you know, take, take your weight, urine sample, all this stuff. And three things came out of that. Number one, they tested, I'm not being vulgar, they just, they tested my urine, and uh, not only was I above average health, and this is with a plant-based diet, no meat, no dairy, uh, the doctor told me, and I have a printout of this, that I am actually urinating excessive amounts of protein because there's too much protein in my body. Uh, Again, I don't eat meat. Excessive amounts of protein in my body. And I have no problem with any, with any organ in my body. No malfunction. I also had excessive vitamins in my urine. Now, those can be signs of medical conditions. But in my case, as the doctor reviewed the information, he said, no, th- these aren't problems. This is, in a way, it's a good thing because you're getting way too, too, you're getting too many of these things. So your body you know, is just getting rid of them. It doesn't eat them. Again, that's because I'm eating a plant-based whole foods diet for the most part. So I thought that was interesting, but that's not the point. Runs these tests, 
and I'm, I'm, I'm in good health. I get a clean bill of health. And then I ask about the mask situation, and I explain, you know, the, the history of heart and lung problems that I've had, mostly heart, rapid heart rate, sometimes trouble breathing, and the masks obviously exacerbate that. For even people that don't have problems breathing normally, don't have heart or lung problems, it's just it restricts oxygen flow. And it might not restrict it if you put it on for two minutes, but if you, you wear it most of the day, every day, you're going to be getting less oxygen to your blood, to your brain. I mean, it's just it's a no-brainer. But I guess if you don't have a brain, you're going to probably be wearing the mask all day because you're a hero, right? Everybody's a hero. They should just write, if you wear a mask all day, you should just write that on the front of your mask. I am a hero. Just virtue signal to everybody. I'm a hero. I'm keeping you safe. I'm keeping my friends safe. I'm keeping our community safe. You're not a hero. You look like a moron. If you want to wear it, I don't care. But you're not a hero for wearing a mask, okay? If anything, the person that takes the mask off and says, I am not capitulating to this nonsense. Here are the reasons why. That person's a hero. Maybe. Maybe we just throw the word hero around too much. So I went and got a doctor's note. And the doctor that I went to see, he wrote on a piece of paper, uh, the, the I'm not sure what they call it because I, like, I don't go to the doctor, but, you know, the yellow, the pink, and the white papers. He keeps a copy. There's a copy for the records, and then I get a copy to go home, so, something like that. So he writes on there that, you know, please excuse Ryan from mask wearing, uh, at work or make reasonable accommodations because he has trouble, uh, you know, breathing sometimes. And I do. Uh, I'm not under attack by the cabal. I'm just sometimes I have trouble breathing. So um, not like severely, but if uh, breathing like really hot air and I can it can trigger my heart. Or if I get kind of worked up, that triggers the heart, which can trigger the lungs. It's kind of hard to breathe. It's nothing like I'm not I'm not dying. It's just it's minor, but it could be severe. So he writes that on the paper. I take the paper. Now, I'm supposed to bring this note to work. And when I bring the note to work, I'm supposed to be able to get out of the mask. This is what I was told. And until then, they made a reasonable accommodation where they would let, they would let me work with the mask off in the back. And they said, if you're on the floor, just throw it on for a minute or two. And, you know, then, then you're done. And I, okay, fine. So I go get the doctor's note. I come back. I show them the note. And they said, we can work within this note, this doctor recommendation, right? I said, we can work within this. And so I, I said, all right, great. You know, the doctor's note specifically said Ryan can wear a mask no more than 15 minutes at a time. All right, I was, I was okay with that little tiny bit of compromise. So the doctor, you know, didn't want to write it as like, Ryan should not be wearing a mask because, because then it could come back on him and he could get, you know, and a lot of trouble with the medical community because that's not the the accepted medical practice. But you know, obviously, I have an actual condition, so he wrote he wrote he wrote this letter to uh, to my place of employment. Now, not too long after that, it was just like a half hour, an hour later, management comes back and gets me, and they say, "Well, we didn't read the part of the letter," which I don't I don't know how they didn't read it because they read it with me the first time. That says you can only wear a mask for 15 minutes at a time. So because of that, we don't have any work for you. So you either wear a mask and work, or since you can't wear a mask, which remember is because of my health condition, they said we have to lay you off. But we'll lay you off and then you can collect, uh, collect unemployment. I said, I don't want to collect unemployment. I want to work. Well, you can't work without a mask. Why? Because it's dangerous. I said, well, one, show me it's dangerous. 
show me the proof, and three, you can't do that, that's illegal, I have a health problem. They said it's not illegal because you, Ryan, have no employment here, have no work here, we have no job for you. So just leave quietly, go get your unemployment, and maybe we'll have a job for you when this is all over. That's, that's what my place of employment told me. And it occurred in several different conversations with management. So I said, well, that's just, uh, that's not going to happen because if you do that, again, that's illegal. You have to pay me to leave and, you know, keep me employed, but you have to pay me to take a leave of absence in the meantime, or you have to employ me and make reasonable accommodations for my medical problem. And they said, well, we just, we just don't have enough work for you. So we ultimately, that day, which was just a few days ago, it was Monday or something, I think it was Monday, maybe it was Sunday, Sunday or Monday this week, though, I go into work, and uh, the decision was that, well, I can, I can do the mask thing uh, again on the floor, but not in the back, so they keep changing their minds, not in the back, again, I'm at a grocery store, and uh, that, was, that was set. And then a little bit later on, the management comes back and says, well, now we're changing the policy. Now, anybody who touches food has to wear a mask. That's the store policy. And I said, well, you made that policy in order to prevent me from doing the only work that is available here, which is still illegal. And they just couldn't understand that. And I'll explain to you why it's illegal in a second. So, as this uh, proceeded, everything was consistently done in a non-threatening but coercive way where I was told, Ryan, you're not a scientist, so you don't know about the virus, you don't know about science. And I said, well, I'm reading the medical journals and the science journals. I'm presenting you with proof of why a mask is irrelevant, why a mask in good conscience I know can be dangerous to an individual who wears it constantly. And why I don't want to wear it for those reasons as a matter of uh, principle and because I have a health condition. I just kept explaining this over and over and over and over and over again. So they go and talk to the, uh, the upper management in the company. It's a national group. And the company comes back and says, okay, we'll make an offer to you, Ryan. You can either wear the mask 24 hours a day in a sense. Every second you're at work, you wear a mask. You don't ever take it off for any reason. We lay you off or you wear a plastic face shield. And I said, a plastic face shield? Why, why would I wear a plastic face shield? Because you could still spread the virus. And I said, well, how would I spread the virus through a plastic face shield? Well, it stops your projectiles. I said, okay, that's never been proven that any kind of coronavirus is in the COVID-19 is in the droplets that spread. In fact, it's been demonstrated that droplets can spread that far through a sneeze or cough, as I mentioned earlier, but not that the virus is in the droplets. And they said, I, I disagree. And I said, I don't care if you disagree. I'm reading the actual papers. Okay, I'm reading the medical literature. And they said, well, everybody else disagrees with you. Uh, Again, I don't care if everybody disagrees with me. Everybody else hasn't done the research. So then they started saying that, well, you're, you're arrogant for suggesting that you know about this stuff. You're arrogant for suggesting that you're healthier than everybody here. 
I said, well, I have, I have medical research. I have medical readouts. I have, I, I have the doctor's you know, note on top of my health. Re- I am the healthiest person here. I can guarantee you that because I don't eat the cookies and the chips and drink the soda and the beer that the rest of you do. doesn't make you a bad person. I just know I'm the healthiest person here probably. That's not arrogant. That's just a, it's just a fact based on what the doctor gave me. So they said, well, you need to wear the plastic shield. And I said, well, prove to me the plastic shield provides any level of protection for somebody else, and I'll wear it. And they looked down and said, I'm not going to continue this conversation. You either wear it or, 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 or we're putting you on a leave of absence. Now, granted, they could have just fired me outright, which would have been an even worse situation for them. But they said, no, we'll just put you on a leave of absence if you don't wear the shield. But this was after them saying, well, you got to wear the mask all the time, then you can wear it part-time, then all the time, then all the time, then you're laid off, then you can come back, but you have to have a shield, just all over the place. And they couldn't provide me any proof, they couldn't provide me, you know, a good reason, and I kept saying, where is the law? Where is the law? Well, the governor, I don't care what the governor, it's an executive order, and the executive order is not enforceable. Law enforcement, they are not enforcing the executive order here in the state of New York from Cuomo. And here's what the executive order actually says. It gives the date and the time of when it's enforced, April 17th. It says any individual who is over age two and able, able to medically tolerate a face covering shall be required to cover their nose and mouth with a mask or cloth face covering when in a public place and unable to maintain or when not maintaining social distance. We come back from break, I'm going to explain what that word means, able to medically tolerate, and I'm going to talk to you about the cloth face covering, which has been demonstrated by the British Medical Journal to be essentially useless and potentially more dangerous to the wearer, not to mention if you have underlying medical conditions. There's no enforcement of this anyway, but that just is further confirmation of you not having to wear the mask. I'm going to give you all this information when we come back from break. Stay with us more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info thesecretteachings.info or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com 
Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. This is Reverend John M. Polk from johnpolkmedia.com and you are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. Voila! In view, a humble vaudevillian veteran, cast vicariously as both victim and villain by the vicissitudes of fate. This visage, no mere veneer of vanity, is a vestige of the vox populi, now vacant, vanished. However, this valorous visitation of a bygone vexation stands vivified and has vowed to vanquish these venal and virulent vermin, vanguarding vice and vouchsafing the violently vicious and voracious violation of volition. The only verdict is vengeance, a vendetta, held as a votive, not in vain, for the value and veracity of such shall one day vindicate the vigilant and the virtuous. is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, same time each night. The website www.thesecretteachings.info and the email rdgable, r-d-g-a-b-l-e, at yahoo.com. So I was talking about the wearing of the mask. I know a lot of places in the United States are opening back up and restrictions are easing, but there are some places, some counties, some cities, some states that are becoming arguably more authoritarian in the process of this so-called reopening phase. In the state of New York where I am, a lot of people are terrified, but people that are terrified of getting sick, anecdotally speaking, it seems like the average person is aware of what's going on and they don't want to participate. And in not participating, 
Obviously, there are consequences to that, and a lot of people are fearful of those consequences, and it's understandable why. You could lose your job, or you know, a lot of people don't even have jobs right now, but you could lose you know, a job, and you'd be in the same position that a lot of other people are in. So I wanted to share this story with you tonight because I think it's very, very helpful. It could be very helpful to you. I want to give you some practical information. I'm going to lay it all out right now in this segment. I was asked to wear a mask at work. I said, I'm not wearing a mask. One, it's a matter of principle. Two, I have health problems. Three, there is no scientific basis at all that demonstrates, that proves, that confirms wearing a mask protects you or other people. I said, at the very least, wearing a mask, even without underlying health conditions, even not being a matter of principle, not even based really on science or scientific fact, just common sense. You touch your face more when you wear a mask because you're constantly adjusting it. You're sitting it down, picking it up, taking it off. And a lot of people are doing that because, one, it's uncomfortable. Two, they can't breathe. People can't breathe in the damn thing, so they have to constantly adjust it, take it off. It's created a hassle. Some people, though, they're willing to put up with the hassle for whatever reason. They think it keeps them safe. They think it keeps other people safe, and that's fine. Wear the mask. I, I don't care. So my managers talked with me. My one manager ignored my arguments and said that I would like to avoid science. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's just, that's, ba-. I'm thinking like that's basically what all the people that love science, they tend to ignore actual science. So despite the fact that I had pulled out a number of scientific articles and publications, I was told I'm wrong because I'm not a scientist. I was told, well, you could still be asymptomatic, Ryan, even if you're in good health. So we would like you to wear a mask because you could get other people sick. And I said, well, boom, Science Magazine. The study claiming that the coronavirus can be transmitted by people with no symptoms well, it was a little bit flawed. Study claiming new coronavirus can be transmitted by people without symptoms was flawed. It's linked up on our website, thesecretteachings.info. So I showed them that. I showed them British Medical Journal, COVID-19, what is the evidence for cloth masks? And I pulled the original study from a couple of years ago, and they tell you that in the study they conducted, healthcare workers, they said, should not use cloth masks as protection against respiratory infection. Cloth masks resulted in significantly higher rates of infection than medical masks and also performed worse than the control arm. They broke it down between different kinds of masks. The conclusion they came with, uh, came to with all the masks is as follows. Every mask, cloth mask, doesn't, unless you're wearing like a hazmat suit or a respirator, The evidence is not sufficiently strong to support widespread use of face masks as protective measures against COVID-19. They do say, however, there is enough evidence to support the use of face masks for short periods of time by particularly vulnerable individuals when in transient higher risk situations. In other words, if you're sick, you don't feel good, and you need to go out and do something, you need to wear a mask. But even then, the evidence is very iffy as per whether or not that provides you any level of protection or provides other people with any level of protection. So there's no basis for the claim. What there is, however, 
are various arguments that are based in maybes, coulds, what ifs, and fear. I could get sick. I could get someone else sick. And so the whole thing is based on like stores that say we we want customers to come in and shop and we'll have elderly hour or whatever it's called. Is it elderly hour? I don't know. They have elderly hour. All the old people can come in. The store I work at has something similar, but they're not forcing customers to wear masks, but they would like employees to wear. And then that's fine. You know, it's a, it's a request. And if people say, yeah, I'll do it, that's totally fine. I'm not, I'm not fighting that. What I am fighting is when I'm told, Ryan, you're wrong. The virus could transmit asymptomatically. And I tell them, no, here's the study. Here's the report. It doesn't. And they tell me we'd like to ignore that because we don't believe it. Well, that's not how reality works. You don't just get to ignore it. They literally told me that. My one manager told me, I don't believe that, so that's, I don't want to talk about it. And I said, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. He said, I believe in authority. I said, authority? These are authorities. No, I believe in Fauci. Ah, Dr. Strangelove, Dr. Faust, who made a deal with the man who holds the gates to hell, Bill Gates. There are higher health officials, though, you know, I told this person, I said, there are higher, the Surgeon General's a higher health official than Fauci, and he said you shouldn't be wearing a mask consistently. See, that's where this becomes like that, that gray area where you actually have to think about things for a second. You know, of course, if I put a mask on for like two minutes, I'm not going, <gasps> I mean, if you were really starved for oxygen, you probably couldn't put a mask on for any amount of time, but the average person, I mean, I could put one on right now, I'd be fine for like a minute or two. And then it would start to restrict my airflow, and then I would have a little bit of trouble breathing. Even people without conditions have that problem. Now, if I leave it on the entire day, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. You're, you're probably not going to feel very good, you know, because a lot of people also can't wear their glasses with the masks, so they're having trouble seeing that migraines, eye strains, headaches, muscle. It, it, there, there are various ramifications, various adverse effects from wearing a mask. So at work, we moved past all this. I was given like various, uh, you know, we, we, we recommend you do this. And if you don't do it, we might not have work for you. And it's, it's like, okay, do you really want to play that game? I'm, and I'm not, I'm not being tough. <laughs> Say what Alex Jones always says. Look, I'm not bragging. All right. I've read like 200 naval te- textbooks. <laughs> I'm not bragging. Uh, I'm I'm not being a hero. I'm just saying. So I said, all right, if that's the case, what you're doing is illegal. You have to let me work re- within a reasonable uh, agreement. Lay me off and pay me, which is cool. I'll stay home and do nothing if you're going to pay me, not the government. But if the, if the business is going to pay me, yeah, I'm not taking any of that government money. That's me. That's principle. That's principle. I'm not taking the government money. Shove it up your ass. You know, if you want to take the universal basic income, if you really need it, that's maybe different. But I don't really need it. It would be nice to have another $800 a week, but I'm not taking it because I don't like lubing up, you know, for, for Uncle Sam to stick it in, okay? Because that's what it ultimately is. You think it's just free. It's not just free. There's a stipulation. There's a, I mean, you know, by the way, when you take those free COVID tests that they're giving, they're putting all of your information into a police database. That just came out last night. So I think I'm good. No medical screenings, and I think I'm good. 
not going to wear a mask, and I think I'm good. I'm not going to participate in this authoritarian, Orwellian, Huxleyan takeover of, of the world. Okay, I'm not part- And a lot of people aren't participating. It doesn't make us heroes. So I said, all right, you're forcing me to, to contact a lawyer. And they told me, well, well, no, Ryan, I mean, you're, you shouldn't have to do that because, you know, we just don't have work for you. And I said, but you do have work for me. You're just not letting me do the work because I'm not putting on a piece of cloth over my face that I've proven to you doesn't do anything to protect me or other people. And it har- harms me. And, and, and it has another effect. It harms me secondarily because I have an underlying medical condition that deals with the lungs and heart. So. Not only that, but then that's a matter of principle. I don't want to wear it. And the only argument they could come up with, listen, the only argument they could come up with was other people feel uncomfortable. Other people do not feel comfortable with you not having that mask. I said, well, I don't feel comfortable with them having the mask. So we're back to square one. So I contacted a lawyer. I contacted a law group. I've actually contacted a couple lawyers. I contacted the Constitutional Law Group, uh, a gentleman named Rick Martin, and uh, his information is freely out there. You can contact him. He answers the phone all the time, and he's helped a lot of small businesses open back up, and he's helped a lot of um, a lot of uh, people in my situation, although not as many. Uh, you look up Rick Martin Constitutional Law Group. I think his website's under construction, but you can find him on social media. But um, I think it's ssbamerica.com or something like that. But you look up Rick Martin, his information is out out in the open, you know, so you can get a hold of him. He can help. Or I have the forms that he sent me, the two forms, and I have my own research. He basically sent me two forms, a cease and desist letter, and then he sent me some medical research, which is stuff I already had. I just didn't have a cease and desist letter uh, written in this format. So I took this information and I, uh, I took it to the management, and I, and I said I would like to have a meeting. This was two days ago, so this would have been Tuesday. I said, I would like to have a meeting. This is where it gets real good. So, so keep your ears perked up. Now, now I'm getting really excited. I go in to have this meeting. I have, I've got three inches of, of, of documentation. And I go in there, and I've got, there were one, two, three, four, I'm visualizing it, five. There's like set, six or seven of us. One, one person came and left, so there's like six of us in the office, all managers. And I said, all right, here, here's the deal. And I gave like, I gave like a, uh, I don't know, like a 15, 20-minute speech or something about constitutional law, human rights, HIPAA, ADA, and also as a matter of, you know, principle. I presented everything to everybody in the office. Then we go around the room and ask everybody what they think. Everybody agreed with me. One person agreed, but they said they don't really care what happens. Now, a lot of the problem, uh, a lot of the pushback was because of, uh, I think there were 14, maybe 15 customers that had complained over the last couple of uh, weeks, last couple of months, it's not a lot of customers who complain because someone didn't have a mask on. And I have a very brief story to share about that as well. 
So these uh, these customers complain, and then we we apparently just do what one customer wants us to do, and it doesn't matter what everybody else wants to do. So all the managers understood that, and they got what I was saying. And we get to the end of this meeting, and the manager says, okay, Ryan, you're going to be, you know, if you're working today, I want you to wear a mask. And I'm just thinking, like, are you serious? I just gave you a legal presentation, and I informed you that in my possession is a cease and desist letter, and I will present it to you in front of every manager if you make me wear a mask. And you can't lay me off or fire me because I have a health condition, and that is a major federal violation. And so they said, well, let's take a vote on it. <laughs> I'm thinking, what a, a vote doesn't matter, but let's take one anyway. Who's okay with Ryan not wearing a mask? Now, I had already given the presentation. Everybody knew how I felt. Every single person in the office raised their hand, except for the person who's managing. They didn't raise didn't raise their hand, but every single person raised their hand. They're like, I don't, why would I care if Ryan wears a mask or not? So I was able to work that day for a little bit. I was working in the supplement department for like an hour. I placed an order. So I was told, okay, you can work today without a mask, but going forward, I still want you to wear a mask. <laughs> and again, I'm thinking, I, uh, again, I just gave you this huge presentation. I have a season. I mean, what, what don't you understand about illegal? And they said, well, it doesn't really matter. This is the situation. I said, okay. I said, everybody sees this. And I held up the letter. I showed every, every manager. I had it signed, addressed to the store. And I said, in front of everybody here, I am presenting you with a cease and desist letter. I demand, I request that you cease and desist in your attempts to violate my human civil rights and federal law. I gave this piece of paper to them. I left that day. I came back uh, on Wednesday to get some to get some uh, food that morning, Wednesday morning. I get a call saying, I took all the information to the board of directors. They disagree. Wear a mask or you leave. I said, okay, again, why am I wearing a mask? Why am I unable to wear a mask? Health condition. So you can't get rid of me. Doesn't matter. The board of directors said no. I said, well, the board of directors doesn't have the authority. You're the one that has the authority. You make the decision. Well, you need to leave or wear a plastic shield or wear a mask. I said, all right, you did this to yourself, right? I said, I'll let you know later this afternoon. So I immediately went. I I immediately called the Constitutional Law Group, gathered up all the papers that I had had, and uh, I was advised to file a complaint with the Department of Justice, the uh, ADA violation information line, the American Disability Act violation line, which I'll give you now, 800-514-0301. That's 800-514-0301. So I contacted um, them, and it was a lengthy process to go through that, that complaint submission. So I had contacted the Constitutional Law Group back, and I said, okay, so what's the deal here? What do we do? And I was told uh, what you need to do is you, you, you file this, uh, with uh, with the Department of Justice, but maybe we should send a letter, a formal letter, uh, as well as what you already gave them, and maybe we'll give them a call on the phone too and inform them that if they proceed, this will not only be a lawsuit, but this will be a, a $75,000 fine under the ADA and HIPAA. $75,000 fine for the first, it's, it's for the ADA, first ADA violation and $150,000 for any subsequent violation of 
of the American Disability Act, meaning they can't discriminate against me and they can't request health information from me and they sure as hell can't fire me or lay me off and prevent me from earning a living when I have a job and am employed because of a medical condition. Now, I had volunteered my medical condition. You don't have to volunteer your medical condition. And if you tell them, I'm not wearing a mask because it's hard to breathe, and they tell you, too bad, get out of here, you contact the Department of Justice, 800-514-0301. You contact the Constitutional Law Group at 361-342-7760. That's 361-342-7760. You talk to a Rick Martin. Rick Martin helped me. We got onto a three-way call with the manager of the business I work at. Informed them, this is a violation of federal law. Do you understand that? They told the they told this uh, gentleman, Rick Martin, and, and myself, I'm on the line, no, we didn't know that. We asked, well, well, Ryan gave you the papers, right? Yep. And you went to the board of directors and showed them all this stuff, and they said no. And you do understand you're in violation of federal law. You cannot let Ryan go. You have to let Ryan work. He's willing to work. He has a job. He's done nothing to compromise his job. He's not wearing a mask. He has health problems. End of conversation. So the business I work at, they contacted their legal team, their lawyer or legal, I guess they have one lawyer. It's a smaller business. It's a community business. And uh, they didn't hear anything back from them. So the managers had a meeting this morning, just this morning. And uh, I get a call from uh, from the, the one manager I have from my department who's been uh, unbelievably kind to me throughout this entire process and willing to work with me. And, and they tell me, so here's what we decided. We're, they're willing to work and, you know, adjust your schedule so you can work. And they're willing to, um, they're willing to work within the, the, your needs. And you're not going to be laid off or fired or anything like that. I, and, and they told me, like, I don't know what was so difficult for them and upper management to understand about the fact that it's illegal according to New York state law and federal law. But. They were like, Ryan, it's, it's okay, and then I'm going to work with you further to adjust things be- even better to the situation. And before I forget, part of the problem at work stemmed from a single customer complaining that they saw me without a mask. And they posted it on a community page for the store I work at and on a community page for the community in the city I live in. And this is what the message said. This woman comes in the store. I remember her eyeballing me. She eyes me down because I don't have a mask. And she goes online and takes her frustrations to Facebook. And she says, I just got back from a trip to, and she names the store, for milk and bread. She says, I was very disappointed to report a young man that appeared, appeared to be a manager, was not wearing a mask. I'm not a manager. (laughs) She assumed I was a manager. Not even around his neck, and she puts her fist in the air. Not even around his neck. Big explanation point. She she says, I go up and I I ask the cashier up front what was up, and the cashier was silent. She was silent. The cashier was silent. My only assumption is that, and this was about me, my only uh, assumption is that he is a jerk. Hello, and has power over her. This is what the woman posted on Facebook. 
I assume that the man without the mask is a manager, and the woman up front doesn't say anything about the manager because he's a man and has power over her. So not only is this woman unable to express herself in a reasonable and direct way with either me or management at the store, she acts and reacts by emotion and political bias and personal bias, believing that because I'm a man, I must be a manager, which is very sexist. And assuming that because a young lady in the store doesn't know why I'm wearing or not wearing a mask, I must be controlling her. This is what the woman said. I mean, if this woman would have used my name, I could probably sue her for defamation in a public setting, even if it's digital. In fact, I think I could still sue her, but I don't want to be like Corey Good and start throwing lawsuits out there, you know, <laughs> just for just for making that comment, I might actually get sued. Uh, Corey, no good. So this woman posts this, and then it creates this backlash. The city council saw the post. I mean, I'm here in Rochester, and apparently... Uh, Almost everybody who commented, a few hundred people, was on my side. They're like, you don't know what whole health condition this young man had. So why don't you just keep your mouth shut? But again, it's one person who complains who's also a sexist. I can, and, and, she, and she was part owner of the business. So I, you can imagine where she leans, couldn't you? I mean, I could have told this story in greater detail. They asked me to wear a mask. I said, there's no science behind it. It, pro- it causes health problems. I have a health problem anyway, and it's a matter of principle. I go through this whole series of jumps and ducks and bends and twists and hoops and over candlesticks. And I had to contact legal assistance that contacted the company and said, you will be fined if you proceed on the path that you have chosen. Because of that, even though they contacted their lawyer, here's what happened. Everybody at the store who was a manager, who participated in the conversations, all agreed with me. All agreed with me. Nobody else wanted to wear the mask. People had complained before, but everybody agreed with me. They didn't want to wear the mask. They had trouble breathing as well. Because of what I did, and I'm not special, I'm just telling you, you can do the same thing. Because of what I did, it showed other people that they can have the courage too. As of the result of what I did, yeah, they're still wearing some masks, but it's no longer a mandatory thing. It's not a policy per se. You can take your mask off as long as you're around other people that consent to it, which is pretty much freaking everybody. And they're requesting some people to still wear the masks when they're on the floor. And people are okay with that. That's fine. They want to wear the mask around me. That's fine. It's their choice. You wear the mask. But I'm allowed to work. And I am not laid off. And I don't have to wear the mask. And uh, some of the people I work with saw the, the value in what I did. Thanked me profusely couple different people, people I think were very impressed. And it's like, look, I do this kind of stuff all the time, you know, and, and on the radio show I do, everybody knows I have a radio show. You know, I have a lot of listeners, most of you listening, most, I'd say most of you listening, you listen because of the kind of things we do here on the secret teachings, because of what I do. And then I bring you the information. I show you, this is how you get out of it. 
If you, you're not going to participate, you're not participating in vaccines. Here's how we get out of it. Boom. And it's legal. It's not like we're, we're, we're rushing up into a hospital and detaining doctors. It's within a legal framework. You have a right to opt out of things that you were opted into illegally to begin with. So if your management, someone says you have to wear a mask and you say, I'm not wearing a mask. I have a health problem. And they say, well, we need a doctor's note. You could get a doctor's note. That would actually give you more of a concrete foundation. But you tell them, no, I don't have to disclose to you what my health problem is. I just have trouble breathing in the mask. The key is not to take the offer when they say, well, we could do this. No, I'm not wearing the mask, period. If you ask me, what my health condition is, I am contacting the Department of Justice and I am reporting this business for violation of federal law. And again, that number, if you want to contact the American Disability Violation Hotline, 800-514-0301, And if you'd like to contact... Rick Martin, 361-342-776, 361-342-776, Constitutional Law Group. Rick Martin helped me out with getting some of this stuff put together. He made the phone call himself to the business. I'm out of it. And I could tell how happy other people were because I had the courage to put my job on the line. I helped other people not have to go through the uncomfortable and that, that should be as simple as it is, but, I mean, it's more than that, but just the uncomfortable nature of wearing a mask all day. You say, I got a health problem. You do not have to disclose it. If you have a doctor's note, that's even better. If you have a legitimate medical reason. But otherwise, there's, a, there's more than a reasonable doubt that masks are dangerous. And they can't say, well, well masks could. Well, it doesn't matter if they could do anything. It's not about maybe or could or might or it's possible. Sure, anything's possible. I could spontaneously combust in the next two minutes here. You know, I could be dead by the end of the show here in less than two minutes. But I, I probably won't. You know, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Same thing. Might, maybe, could. It doesn't really matter. You're not wearing the mask. I've given you the information tonight to get out of it. Bottom line. They cannot request your medical information. You've got a medical condition. You're not wearing a mask. Same thing with businesses that you go into as a shopper. Sir, you got to put a mask on to walk in here. I've got a health condition. You cannot force me to do that. What's your health condition? I do not have to disclose that to you. If you force me to disclose it to you or you refuse me service because of a health condition, I am going to report you for violation of the ADA and, in certain cases, HIPAA. Bottom line. In a discussion. If they proceed, you contact the number, you report the violation, they'll do an investigation. First time fine, $75,000. I don't think most businesses want a $75,000 fine, do you? At the end of the day, you see that that crazy guy? Oh, he, was, he was a little bit right. I'm the crazy guy. I'm a little bit right. I know a lot of you feel the same way. You know that I'm right. This is how you do it. You don't back down. You don't capitulate. You do not take the middle ground offer. You say, this is what's going to happen, but you need to be informed before you make that decision because otherwise you might be in a worse position. You need any help? You have any questions? rdgable at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay tuned to the Fringe FM. Stay safe and stay informed. 
Thank you.